And we are coming down in three, two, one. Sports with Drunk. I'm your hostess, Cupcake the Riddler, and I'm joined by. Nope. The Master nope. Massey. <laughs> and the Rat of a Red Baron. Nope. We don't really have a thing for Kyle. Yeah, I was just going to say nope again. Mm. Well, you know what we'll do is we're going to buy like a sampler and then we'll just have that toilet flushing noise for whenever he's not That's on. That's actually pretty funny. That's hilarious even when he is on i think that should just be like his under that should undertone. just be his thing yeah it's like his wwe entrance <laughs> exactly i uh i had a question for kendall off air but then he just went right oh, into recording i'm sorry is it something that can be on the air or it can be it's kind of i mean not that anyone listens but <laughs> it was have. a christmas I listen. you know how we do our annual christmas card oh yeah well, we're getting prepared for it, and seeing as how I have Bourbon County spread, spread across three residencies in the state of Connecticut, um, I want to get all of my Bourbon Counties together, and then I want to come down to your house at some point, and I want uh, to lay in the grass with all of them spread around me on the ground, and then I want you to take an aerial picture from on top of your deck. That's pretty funny. I mean... I have a drone we can do that with. There you go. I mean, it's like it's this picture is uh, picturing itself. I just I want every Bourbon County I currently own in the picture. Now, would you th- would you guesstimate that you have the most in Connecticut? Mm, Cuz I could be wrong, but I mean, you you tend to like when when they come out, the stuff you're interested in, you get more than one, whatever that number is from year to year. I just I feel say, like I would say for an individual person, yes. I know there's a married couple that I run into every year down in Norwalk and they get the max amount that they can get per person. So they usually walk out with like 750 to $900 worth of it. My God. Um, but they live in Norwalk. They can afford it. Well, actually they, they actually live in Vista, New York. Even more so. Um, so I would say probably from the end of now, what I would say is I probably have the largest collection or, over the course of time, because they've been drank, mm-hmm. I have the most extensive collection in terms of like the more hard to find ones because of connections I've made over the years. So, like the one I'll be drinking tonight that I, I'm going to introduce into the uh, um, when we do our starting lineups, uh, you know, there was only like 10 cases, I think, that came into Connecticut. So that's 120 bottles. I have eight of them pretty good hey um let's uh let's do our starting line because i kind of want to hear about this year's haul okay well i I, so well i'll I'll do a quick rundown um because i'm gonna have one every week leading up to christmas um but so do you want me to say what what was it what was gotten or do you want me to just do one a week um i'd like to hear like the the full the full thing and then like each week you can kind of really dive in to okay. what makes each one 
Obviously, there was the Bourbon County regular brand, original brand stout. <laughs> original, original bratwurst. <laughs> yeah, the very Bourbon funny stout. Um, no, the uh, the Bourbon County original brand stout, the twenty twenty two edition, and the sixteen point nine ounce bottle. They also came out with the Bourbon County original brand stout and the retro style four pack bottles, which those are twelves, right? Yeah, twelve ounce four pack bottles, which I did buy. Um, then they for flavor variants they did the uh, Sir Isaac's Stout, which is without getting too into depths, is more of a fig based stout. Um, they did the coffee stout, which would be self explanatory coffee, and then they did a biscotti stout, which again self explanatory biscotti and uh, spices. So they'll be more obviously in depth on those, and then. Normally, I would start with the Bourbon County original brand stout, but after five years of waiting, the fifth addition to the Bourbon County family that was sent, sent out for national distribution, because the only one that was not sent out for national distribution was the Proprietor's Blend. It's a Chicago-only release. You have to buy raffle tickets for... And then hope that like you buy a, you you pay money to get a raffle ticket to hope that they call your number so you can buy the beer. Um, pretty cool. After five years of waiting, the Bourbon County family has f- decided to re-release the barrel-aged barley wine, which the barley wine tends to be a uh, higher proof, usually very hot beer. Um, in the year of its release, so that's what I will be drinking today. So it, I expect it to be um, very boozy. But as it as it mellows out, you get kind of like those dark red wine notes, chocolatey, earthy tones. And I have I have enough of them that I can age them for a couple of years. So this year is the uh, Goose Island Bourbon County Reserve Year Barley Wine, aged in Old Fitzgerald Bourbon Barrels. Which is a big deal. Um, I've still never even tried a Bourbon County, so I have no idea what any of this is sounding like. There's no way you haven't had a Bourbon County. I've tried never it. tried it. I think well, you haven't tasted it on the show once. No. All right. Well, I think what we need to do then is we need to find a time when the three of us can get together, which it works out because not that Kyle and like Ma couldn't be there or other people. But like they wouldn't, they won't drink the beer. They won't, they won't appreciate it for anything. Um, to them, I could be giving them rice vinegar, and it would be just that. <laughs> Which that's fine, you know. Everyone has their own preference. Um, but, it's just that theirs is wrong. <laughs> yeah, the three of us will get together at some point then in the next month or so, or maybe if we do like a fan uh, uh, postseason football thing like we did last year, um, I'll bring. A bourbon county from this year i'll bring one from like two years ago and maybe one from like four years ago and you can taste like why why there's such a need to buy multiples of them like i get i get the idea behind it especially because how how in depth and emphatically you talk about them i just have no profile to start basing this off of in my head right and like, it's easy to grasp the concept as to why you would want to age it but like as Kendall can tell you i've given had the luxury of tasting a fully properly aged five-year stout um and it's it makes a humongous difference <laughs> yeah uh, muy bien would be the uh, the terminology i would use yes. mm, shannon would be proud 
So, yeah, this year's is the Old Fitzgerald Barley Wine, aged for two years in Old Fitzgerald uh, Bottled and Bond Bourbon Barrels. So, if you want, I can kind of read the little excerpt on the box if you want. It's a little winded, but I can read it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Johnny Fitzgerald was a bonded U.S. Treasury agent who had access to the Rick Houses, where bourbon barrels were aged using his keys. Fitzgerald let himself into the Rick Houses, thieve bourbon from the best barrels, and take jugs home for himself, thus committing larceny. When it came time to dump the barrels, some were found to be unusually light and exceptionally smooth. These barrels became known as Fitzgerald barrels. Registered in 1884 and later sold to Pappy Van Winkle, the historic old Fitzgerald brand carried on the legacy. For those of you who don't know, Pappy Van Winkle is one of the most sought-after bourbons released every year, once a year, about this time of year. Um, and some of them sell on the secondary market online for as much as I've seen, $7,500. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Today, Johnny Fitzgerald lives on an award-winning bourbons, Larceny Small Batch, hence the um, Larceny Barrel Proof and the Old Fitzgerald Bottled and Bond Decanter Series. Unlike other bourbons, these are made with wheat, resulting in a smooth profile that showcases extraordinary distilling pedigree at work. And then the back excerpt is, after five years away, we couldn't think of a better way to welcome our barley wine back into the Bourbon County brand family than with a two-year reserve. We were fortunate to be able to age this year's expression in three exceptional sets of barrels from varying releases of the old Fitzgerald Bottled and Bond Decanter series, a 14, 16, and 17-year-old barrel. These exclusive barrels and the subtle nature within them further showcase the uh, complexities found in our barley wine, a tapestry woven of rich malt entwined with notes of toffee, vanilla, and warming spices. Our two-year barley wine is ready to drink now, but seller up to five years to see how it continues to develop. Cheers, the brewers of Goose Island Beer Company. Now, you've talked in the past about very well while it's in bottles. Is this different for the um, You cut out a little bit. <clears throat> so you've talked about in the past how uh, if beers sit in the glass bottle for too long, they can get a little, I don't know, like sedimenty and stuff like that. Is that different for the goose or for the bourbon counties? Yeah, because the, the beers that you usually see getting sedimenty are more like ales and stuff, things that have like an unfiltered quality to them. Um, this is different because you're not using the same type of mash bill that you would use for those. Gotcha. Um, yeah, the, these... It's funny, these beers, they age almost more like a dessert wine would, like a port wine, like that. It's very rich flavors. Yeah, they're very they're very rich. Um, like, well, for example, and it's a bummer, because it's, it's just so funny how it always seems to work out for uh, for you, Mass. Um, the, you were in L.A. the weekend of uh, my surprise birthday party. Yep. And there was a the, the pool table was littered with Bourbon County bottles. <laughs> that tracks. You know, do we get a picture of that? I feel like we missed out. No, I don't think anyone took a picture. I drank two Bourbon Counties that night, though. So, How are you feeling? I was feeling good. I was warm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still pretty upset I missed that. Well, I messed up. There's no shortage of Bourbon County, so I'll make sure you get some. I, I meant the party, not the Bourbon County. Oh, no. The party was the Bourbon County. Um, <laughs> so, and that's what I want to do for my Christmas card. 
for the show. I want I want all my Bourbon County babies in one picture. Well, we'll make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so after my long-winded intro, gentlemen, your beer. Uh, I'm not. A, I'm technically drinking a beer. I guess I'm drinking a. Uh, fuck! What's the? I peeled the label off, so I can't remember. Uh, IBC root beer. <laughs> there you go. Uh, it's funny. Uh, it's I, like you peeled off the label. <laughs> I was just thinking about it. It's like even in like. Even if it was like a random beer, like from like a package store, and it bought, bought in bottles, like to not like remember like what you had, <laughs> it's a mass thing to do. Very much. Uh, from the Riddler collection, uh, I'm actually having uh, Stag Junior, uh, which is a Buffalo Trace product, if I'm correct. Yep, Sazerac family. That's the Pappy Van Winkle yeah. family. Um, I've I've been having this on and off. Uh, I'll do a more in-depth review. Uh, I like it, but I'll tell you what, just in general, it just, it, it, it kicks my ass. Not in the sense of drunkenness, just, it's very, like, I don't want to say harsh forward, um, but it, it it's it's challenging. It, it's, it's, it's got a complexity to it. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's an expensive bottle. Very good. That's one of those bottles that, like, on the secondary market, you could definitely see go for like three, four hundred bucks. Wow. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drink mine because the smell is my whole living room smells like this right now. <laughs> Good smell. Oh, uh, mass. I mean, I literally, I, I like not even like being like vulgar. I literally get chills in my shaft when I smell this. Mm. This is, this is by far my favorite beer of all time. Is the Goose Island Bourbon Cap. The, Did you the, come across like the barley wine though specifically, and they haven't made a barley wine in five years. What was the previous come barley across wine? As, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Matthew. Like what Kendall's asking. Go ahead, Kendall. Oh, I'm sorry, Matthew. I, I, I was just curious what the um the, because I remember the previous barley wine, but I don't remember what was like the the barrel aged in. You don't age the barrel in anything. You age the beer and stuff. Well, yeah. Oh, my God. You good over there, Paul? Oh, Are you still to, with us? Do I have to wait to give a review? <laughs> no, go ahead. Six out of five. Well, no question. Okay. This... This... Three years from now, this will not only be the best beer I've ever drank, it will by far be the best liquid I've ever drank in my life. What currently holds that title? Um, Probably Pappy 15 year. Okay. This, oh my god, this is so good. Paul, what was the previous barley wine? The previous one, I want to say, was Old Forester Barrels. Okay. It's been a while. I don't I'd have to look it up. So Paul, how did you originally stumble upon Bourbon County and find out that that was your favorite? Uh um, somebody point you to it or did you just pick it up one day? No, I picked it up. It was two thousand 
11. Yeah, it was senior year of high school, right after graduation. Um, we were at a friend's house. Um, his dad was like the, you know, the cool dad, you know, his mom and dad got divorced and his dad was the cool dad that, you know, yeah, have fun with my bar. Just don't leave the house. Um, and I remember asking him one time if I could have this beer that I found. It was that year's or the previous year's. And it was when they did still did the 12 ounce four packs. And he said, you can have one. He goes, but you're definitely spending the night here if you do that. And I was like, oh, why? I was like, it's just a beer. He goes, yeah, okay. He's like, it's just a beer. Pour it in a glass. So I poured it in a glass. I'm like, so it's like Guinness. He goes, it's just like Guinness. He goes, go ahead. Take a huge gulp of it. (laughs) I took one huge gulp of it. He was expecting me to be like, oh, my God, this is disgusting. And I was like, this is the most magical thing I've ever tasted in my life. And so he kind of gave me the rundown on uh, it's like scarcity and whatnot. I was very intrigued. Because that was my first exposure to Goose Island, which is usually not the way it goes. Um, usually the IPA and the 312 are the way people get introduced to the brand. And um, from there, it was just it was research. And then I was able to get a bottle from this guy every year until I was 21. I was able to only get one bottle. Um, I didn't see the allure and waiting to drink it, so I never aged it. And then when I turned 21, I was working at the package store. And the year that I turned 21, my birthday was the weekend. I think it was like the Saturday after Thanksgiving. We had gotten them in for sale. um, And the owner said I could buy as many as I wanted. And so I had research at that point and figured out that, oh, you're supposed to age these and et cetera and do whatever. So I had, um, I bought way more than I can afford and just decided I'm going to sit on a bunch of these. And so, yeah, 2014 was like the year I bought like eight regular ones. Which are they per bottle usually? So the four packs used to run for 19.99 back then. Okay. The 16 point ounces now, depending on the store, will run anywhere from 13 to 16 a bottle. Okay. So it's not a cheap. Uh, it's not a cheap investment. <laughs> no. no. But if you enjoy it, that's actually not a bad price point. Mm-hmm. Man, Steelers just almost had like a Palomalu's type interception. All right, well, what are we talking about? Uh, some excellence? Yeah, any, any, any toasts? Uh, to the, uh, everybody that let me buy Bourbon County this past weekend. <laughs> Well, and, and uh, personal toast, and to my my fiance uh, Samantha for, even though I, was, I, you know, I knew about it a few weeks in advance, but um, setting up a, a surprise visit, I got to, was able to spend. I missed last week's show. I was able to have a week week long visit with my sister who lives uh, a distance away, and I don't get to see her as often as I would like. So, fiance, cool. yeah, Kendall. Um, this was not recent. It was from this football season, but I, I kind of just stumbled across it now, and I just thought it was so funny. Um, I guess in the Dolphins, like, locker room area, they uh, had, like, a, I don't know, it was like a foosball table. Ping pong table. A ping pong table. And uh, I guess they, the head, head coach, like, like was like, happy that they like, Hey, they're getting rid of this, you know, no, no more distractions. But I guess the real case was, it was just broken and they needed a new one. <laughs> yep. I remember that. It's just so ridiculous. 
Matt Ryan just threw his first interception on Monday Night Football since 2015. Well, only because he hasn't played on Monday Night Football since 2015. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> hey, you can't throw it if you don't play. That's right. Amen. Man, I don't know who number 15 on the Steelers is, but ow. Um, yeah, um, do I have a sports-related toast of excellence? I mean, I guess if you want to go from like a straight ignorant pride standpoint, the United States keeping their undefeated streak against England alive in the World Cup. <laughs> Which is awesome. Yeah. And to Qatar for just hosting the World Cup ever. Yeah, I mean, um, what was the deal? Uh, they, 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 there was no... days before they said no beer. Yeah. Well, so it wasn't it wasn't Qatar that said no beer. It was, well, Qatar didn't want it from the start, but then FIFA... Part of the deal was that FIFA, they were going to be able to sell beer in the stadiums, but not right. not outside of the stadiums. And then FIFA pulled the plug on it four days before the World Cup. And Budweiser had already shipped over, like, you know, $1.8 million worth of product to the country. Yeah, I heard that. Like, Budweiser was pissed because they were just on the hook for all this stuff. Oh, there's... This World Cup is creating a lot, is going to create a lot of problems for the FIFA organization because, first of all, one of the big things was like a lot of teams were planning on wearing like those uh, rainbowed armbands because in 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 football, football, um, the captains don't wear. It's not like hockey or football, American football, where they wear a captain's patch on their jersey. Um, they wear an armband that goes on their sleeve. Mm-hmm. And much like baseball, when you come out of the game, you're out of the game for the rest of the, the day. You can't come back in. So when the captain comes off the field, he has to give the armband to a new player on the team to be the captain. Right. Um, so the captain's bands were supposed to have like the uh, rainbow stripes on them with like a uh, like one love, like a quality type message. And they were basically like pulled the plug was pulled from them doing that. And so, like, there's a lot of like, because it's a, it's it's against the law to be homosexual in Qatar. It's not even like it's like a frowned upon thing. It's just against the law. If you're if you're caught in a homosexual act, you gotta die. They give you the death sentence. Legally, like get the you know, it's not like like Saudi Arabia where like you you know somebody would just catch you and like they would kill you. Like you would go to court and they would say, okay, you're going to jail and you're gonna get the death sentence. Right. Um, so there's just like a lot of problems. There's a lot like. David Beckham is, you know, like an ambassador for the World Cup. He's receiving a lot of backlash because David Beckham was kind of the first European footballer to be um, openly supportive of his um, homosexual fan base and even embraced the uh, the homosexual fan base's like like love for him. Um, he was the first English Premier League player to pose for the cover of a. Uh, um, homosexual targeted magazine um, way back when, things like that, and like the homosexual community and queer community. And England is very like up in arms about David Beckham because of like his support for the World Cup in a place where, you know, people can't be people. Yeah. Um, and then with the Budweiser thing, there's just other countries are not happy with the way FIFA is like doing things because it's, it's, for FIFA, it's political, right? It's it's money. You know, Qatar is one of those countries that you know they have a lot of money in you know a very small percentage of the population, 
and you know they can throw money at people. Like Qatar, for example, um, from a, just just some fun facts for Qatar. Because I know you guys aren't big, you know, World Cup people, and I mean well, the World Cup is kind of like the Super Bowl. Like people who don't watch, you know, soccer will still like pay attention to the World Cup more or less. Um, but Qatar is roughly the size of Connecticut. from a geographical standpoint and the population of actual native Qatar residents, not like, you know, cause there's a large population there, but a lot of them are import workers coming from other countries. The actual like native population of Qatar is less than Buffalo, Buffalo, New York. So tell me how it makes sense that, you know, the biggest sporting event in the world outside of potentially the summer Olympics is being hosted in a place where, you know, that's geographically the size of Connecticut with a population of, you know, what the, 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 the 17th most populated U S city. Because and, FIFA is super corrupt. Right. No, exactly. And so that's, that's, that was the point is like, it comes from a corruption, you know, who's got the money standpoint. So, yeah, the U the U.S. men are uh, they are undefeated in World Cup play against England. They've they have never lost to England in the World Cup. Hmm. It's one of those uh, like another stick it to England. Like <laughs> England can't just have one thing. Get well, it's funny because, like it, it's becoming like more and more like the like this year the big thing was uh, the you know there was like a big like fake bet the loser of the match had to keep James Corden. Um, do you remember seeing that and then I think one of the United States players like had written on a shirt underneath it's called soccer (laughs) or whatever the thing was like you know like hey you guys pride yourself on being like the like one of the inventors of this game and and uh you know you can't beat us at it but you say we suck so uh yeah (laughs) going on here I saw my uh my cousin actually did like a a FIFA bracket, which I found very interesting, because um, yeah. it it's the the way that I guess the I mean Paul, you could probably explain it way better than I will. It's not it's not just like, hey, these are the rankings, and this is how things would go depending on who what team won. It's it's the way it looked. It's more like a, a like a circle, if that makes any sense. <laughs> Well, so the way the World Cup works is 32 teams qualify to go to the World Cup, um, like the the World Cup, you know, quote unquote tournament in the host country. Um, being the country that hosts, you automatically qualify to be part of the 32 teams. Which is um, just hysterical. Can you imagine that you host and you don't even get to show up? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's kind of the whole deal. Um, that's why you see so many players, you know. That's that's why you see so many places like uh, when um, South Africa hosted it. You know what I mean? It's like like South Africa is not going to make it. They're not going to even make it out of the African group. Ghana is always going to destroy them. Um, uh, when North Korea hosted or when South Korea hosted the World Cup back in two thousand two, you know the Korea doesn't always have the best track record type of thing. Um, so Qatar is in the World Cup along with thirty one other nations that qualified. And then the way it works from there is the 32 teams are divided up into eight groups of four. 
you play um you play against each other in the match group and then the two top teams it's it's based off points so you get three points for a win one point for a draw no points for a loss the two top point getters then move on and then it becomes a bracket of 16. And how long usually, I mean, it's not really exactly a, a timetable, but more or less, how no, the, long does the whole the thing World, take? The World Cup The World Cup already has a final date. Oh, really? Yeah, it's because it's not, it's not like the NBA. There's, it's not like a best of seven. Why? Well, and then I play, you know, Kyle and Ty 1-1 and Massey plays you and Ty's 1-1. We're all, we all have three ties, but me and Massey scored three goals apiece. And you and Kyle. I got you. Which is always a bummer of a way to end. Yeah, because it's. Yeah, it is. Well, because it's only in like. uh, So like in the group stage. It can end in a draw in bracket play. There are no draws. So once it gets to the final 16 teams, you'll play. I want to say it's a half hour, two fifteen like minute periods. I could be wrong. It could be wrong, but I think it's. But I think it's. It's like two fifteen minute periods or something like that. Um, and then after that, it would go to penalty kicks. I'm here. Hello. I don't know why Kendall disappeared. I don't know what he did. What he did. Oh. Kendall. Hey, I'm here. Oh, we were talking. Back up. You were I must, must have there. And then a dropout. Okay. I mean, it's interesting. So in the group stage, Kendall, it goes by points, then goal differential, then goal scored, then head-to-head record. Okay. So, I mean, if everything was resulting in a tie after that, um, so then step five would be the fair play record. Um, which is... um you know, uh, cards, yellow cards, red cards, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If it's still, if it's still tied after that at six, they just put both teams in a hat and pick out a winner. Man, imagine that. Play better yeah. if you don't want to come down to the luck of the draw. <laughs> it's hard to have bragging rights. If you get your name picked out of a hat. Yeah. It's like, ah, how the Giants won back in 2008. <laughs> well, that's World Cup stuff. What else is going on? Yeah, so if in the in the knockout stage, after 90 minutes of play, it will be extended to a 30-minute extra time period of two 15-minute periods. There is no golden goal rule in effect. And if teams are still level after 30 minutes, including any additional stoppage time, um, then the match will advance to a penalty shootout. Then the, the golden goal rule is something that we haven't seen since 2002, but it was basically sudden death. So if you scored, you won, which they don't do that, which is good because it shouldn't be that way. That's so stupid. And then um, and the penalty shootouts... Uh, it's five rounds, and then um, after the five rounds, it will it'll go into a round by round sudden death. So if you go first and make it, 
this the team has a chance to rebuttal if they don't also make it then it's it's over and i tell you what you want to see there there are a few things as exciting in my opinion as like watching two teams go like down like I've watched it where like it gets all the way to like 17 rounds. Like the goalkeepers come up and take attempts because that's the other thing too. You can't, um, you can't have a player go twice until everybody on the pitch has taken a turn. Mm-hmm. So if you if you send out your number one striker first, he can't go again until the other ten players have taken an attempt. I've learned most of my. Uh soccer slash football from Ted Lasso and that's a, a very limited uh limited amount of information <laughs> I still need to watch Ted Lasso well oh, that's great it, it, it is it, it is good it's very entertaining I'm a uh I'm a very big fan of the uh female owner there's some good stuff going on there mm-hmm her and uh what's the other girl's name there um it is it is. Oh my god, it's kind of Roxanne. A, yeah, Roxanne. It's kind of a little bit unusual. Well, it's English, so. Um, hmm. Oh my god, picture clear as day. If, if you want uh, for Kendall, Kendall and, and the Mass, if you guys want a uh, better understanding of how culture, football culture works in a European setting, um. The guy who the main character for It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia can't remember his real name, but yeah, him uh, and Brian Reynolds bought. Yeah, I have been meaning to watch that. That that's they, super interesting too. They bought a Welsh football team in Wrexham, Wales, and they their Hulu. It's on. It's on Hulu. Well, I think it airs on regular TV as well, but um, Hulu has it, um, and it's called Welcome to Wrexham, and it follows. The it's like a two-sided type documentary type thing where it follows the the new type ownership of these two Americans coming in to this poorly ran football organization, as well as kind of like the the this town and 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 country's like take on the situation from being diehard football fans. I've been meaning to watch it. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah, me too. Oh, that's a super interesting dynamic. Yeah, it is pretty good. What's the Ryan Reynolds? Yeah. He's so handsome. He is. He's a good looking guy. Well, he's a great guy. He's a great guy. New letter Kenny drops the day after Christmas. Sure does. Super pumped. Super chief. Super chieftains. Yep. I, I proudly uh displayed my super soft birthday party banner that Samantha got me on my birthday this year. I have a question, by the way. I was looking through uh, last week's show stuff, and I see two Thanksgiving drafts. Is one from last year and one from this year? Yes. Okay. So I I would like to – I think that when we do these holiday drafts, and I'm totally fine with doing the Thanksgiving draft every year, even though it's always the same type of stuff – I think that there needs to start being exceptions made when it comes to the protein options. Um, I think that lasagna, turkey, and ham should be all that's allowed. All right. 
I don't disagree with there are families that do beef wellingtons and prime ribs. I don't I don't disagree with that. I just think that those types of things, those can be reserved for Christmas. Christmas is more of an open slate for dinner. Whereas you do Christmas, know that you pe- picked beef wellington one year, right? I do know that, and I'm not. I'm, okay. I'm not. I'm, that's why I said I was looking at both of them, and I saw you know there was the beef wellington, there was the um, and there I think there was prime rib. Yeah, Mock picked the prime rib. I think, I think those deserve Christmas. I think it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving has got to be turkey, ham, and then like lasagna. I think we got to. St- I think we got to stick by that. I think we got to. We got to. We got to outweigh the Mike Mocks of the world. <laughs> well, that, that's fine. Um, some of that stuff I just never even think of. I admit I was cheating when I was doing it because I was looking at last year's for inspiration. And don't get me wrong, the beef Wellington is phenomenal. But it's 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 you know it, it, I don't know it's just like the Oreo ball. Like I saw, I was looking at mock pick the Oreo Oreo bowl, and it has it has made appearances at Thanksgiving, but that's a Christmas item. And I, honestly, I haven't received an Oreo ball in eight years. <laughs> but who's counting? I feel like Paul is. <laughs> I must feel like for... I think, oh, not to take away. I started following this Instagram account that just basically does drafts of like ridiculous type things. And um, I, I like a concept that they have they, where they, they, uh, they throw out, they have flags and they throw out flags on picks. I'm a big fan. I want to start doing that. Yeah. Calling her a foul. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, um, so like for example, they recently did a draft where it was like a, uh, it's just the two guys that do it, but we could, you know, that's where I'm going to get ideas from. But like they did a words beginning with a yep. a draft for words beginning with a, and one of the guys picked ape shit and the guy threw a flag on it because he was like, that's, that's two words. And, and then, so they, 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 they went to the, they went to the dictionary and found that ape shit was one word. I was about to say it's one word though. That's what I just mean by the flags. I think we should absolutely yeah. start doing that. I'm in for that. Hey, is that 67-pound goldfish thing, like, real? Yes. That I wouldn't even know what to do with myself. Uh, you're going to try a goldfish fillet. This is, this is, that's so much goldfish. It is well, a lot of goldfish. I tell you what, they're saying the snack that smiles back, but it ain't smiling. <laughs> It's an angry-looking fish. Oh, that's a real Kendall joke, and I really don't want to give you any kind of props for it. You don't have to. I think you should. I uh, I do got to say I'm pretty upset that um, I have to start cheering for the Astros now. Why? Uh, Jose Abreu is an Astro. Oh. Yeah, Which, I mean, I'm not. I, I'm not surprised. I, I I definitely for I definitely foresaw him going somewhere. Where he was going to get a ring. Everybody was talking about like the Cubs wanted him. So I'm like, like why would he? Why would he go to the Cubs at this point in his career? It makes no sense for him. Like he doesn't like money's not isn't important to him. He wants to win. He wants to win, and he wants to be a productive member of an offense. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, in the we we talked about I don't know 
two, three shows back when we were kind of doing our free agency predictions. And I, I think if there was a desire for him just to stay in Chicago, wouldn't he just still play for the White Sox? Like, <laughs> like hey, I'm going right. to go across I, town. I think the White Sox moved on from him more so than him moving on from the White Sox. Because the, the last game of the season that didn't mean anything for the Chicago White Sox, they – um. He, he sat out, right? He sat out the game because he wanted to take it all in. And um, and that was kind of like my sign. That, like, he's not coming back. And that, that was more management kind of saying, like, we're not going to pursue a new type thing. And the reason I think – I think the reason behind it is that the White Sox are starting to get, one, a little concerned with some of this premier young talent that they had started their rebuild around – and how it's not panning out, like Yon Mancata not being what he's supposed to be, Eloy Jimenez and Luis Robert having continuous injury struggles. But then on the, the flip side of that is the next generation of younger players that they have been bringing up to replace those guys have been taking big leaps and bounds, like Andrew Vaughn, for example. Andrew Vaughn was hitting around the 300 mark for the majority of the 2022 season. Um but because Jose Abreu was playing first base and Eloy Jimenez was playing DH due to injuries, uh, Andrew Vaughn, who is a career first baseman, was forced to learn how to play right field or left field. And he did okay, but there were times where, you know, a, a traditional left fielder would have made the play. Right. Andrew Vaughn is a routine first baseman. He's got pop. He hits for he, – he gets on base a lot. And I think that the, the White Sox were feeling the pressure in that somebody like a Jose Abreu, who is a first baseman, he, he's a good defensive first baseman, he wants to play first base, having him around locks your roster up into other things. And the White Sox, you know, having Andrew Vaughn out and left, what it does is it gives you a somewhat liability in left field. It takes away speed from the position. And... Um, it shortens out your bench because your, you know, your 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 utility infielder isn't there to play first base because he's playing left. And so I think this was more so a move to put Andrew Vaughn at first, and then approach the free agency market and, and looks for a better defensive outfield, and then kind of go from there. Because they, and and like I said, they've already brought in Clevenger. So they're trying to address the starting pitching woes from last year. You know, I think you're going to see the, uh, I think you're going to see the White Sox um, potentially try to move on from Lucas Giolito because of you know his abysmal last year. You know, Dylan sees that they're 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 kind of they're trying to work themselves out. They got a lot of young talent, but they got to figure out what's worth keeping. Yeah. Um... I, I think they definitely got their money's worth. Both both sides got their money's worth. You know, I think that there's definitely no hard feelings between either side. I, I at least that's the way I see it from an, an outside perspective. I don't. I don't think there's any bad blood between the two sides. Um, I don't think there's any bad blood between the two sides. And what I would also say is, if. Um, depending on the length, the duration of what Abreu is hoping to do in the MLB, if he's uh, choosing to go 
just hunt for a ring and retire when it's over, or if he's looking to continue playing but just wants to have some competitiveness to it right now, um, I wouldn't rule out the possibility of Jose Abreu returning to the White Sox in a DH role in the next two to three years. Yeah, I could see that. These these things, they happen in sports. It is what it is. And baseball is funny, too. You see, I think more so in all the major four the the ability to be productive still at a, a an older age is just so prevalent yeah you see guys producing at you know 38 39 years old on both sides of the ball yeah um what else you guys anything else you want to talk about um any uh, any NFL stuff that's worth worthy of note? Um well, I mean I think it's worth noting um I think there's a few things that are just worth kind of bringing up. Um I think uh, I think there was a few um kind of like last second questions answered in terms of uh, the recover recoverability of team seasons. I think that we can, I think we can officially say that the, um, that the, the, the hope of a late season resurgence for a playoff debut from the Rams, the Cardinals and the Packers is officially over. Yeah. They yeah. just shut down Aaron Donald today. Yeah, I just, you know, I mean, not, not that they can't go on a tear and win out. I just don't, I don't know that it would mean anything for any of those organizations. Um, I mean, the only team that I think it would be worth trying to do it for would just be the Rams from the standpoint of rolling into next season hot, keeping players, you know, because you're not, you're not ruining your draft capital by doing it. Um, you know, and the Rams draft very well two through six anyway, so it doesn't really matter. I'm, you know, if I'm, if I'm the Rams, I don't really care where our second round pick is because we do well with it. Facts. No, you don't. You don't? No. Well, you do what you do well in the middle rounds of the draft. We could talk about that a little at an extent once you're done with this part, but no. No, no, no. Well, I mean, well, hold on. Let's stay on the subject all around. I mean, do you want to talk about it? Where, where are most of your homegrown players taken in the draft? It's like, like you know, like some of your. Okay. All right, let's bubble. let's look real quick. Can we have a second? All right, because I mean, you would know, but I mean, the two household names that are homegrown players would be Aaron Donald and Cooper Cup. Correct. But Ty- Tyler Higby's a homegrown guy, right? Yep. Um, All right, so here's here's how our drafts have looked since 2016. Uh Jeff, Jeff Fisher was still the head coach. This is his last year, the year he got fired in the middle of the season. Okay. <clears throat> well, it's still the biggest mistake in your history. What? Firing Jeff Fisher. Oh, yeah. Uh, we drafted Jared Goff, Tyler Higby, Farrow Cooper, Tamaric Hemingway, and nobody else of note. Can you tell me who more than three of those people are? No, but I will yeah. say. That's okay. No, no, that's fine. It's good. It's a good start for your argument. I'm not disputing it. We're gonna move to the next year. Well, hold on, hold on. I just want two. Th- I just want to say two things. One, 
I just want to be clear. I'm not. I'm not saying like they have to be Aaron Donald quality. Like I think Tyler. No, no, no. They should. Count. They should be starter quality. Right. Okay. And then two. Um. Just while you're on the subject of it, I know he his career up to this point is not that of a first round pick, but like, is is Jared Goff giving himself stock for next year? I think so. Despite I think he's line. playing fairly well. He's always the player who, if he has a good line, he'll do fine. Okay. All right. So go on to 2017. 2017. Gerald Everett. So he's Start not quality, but he's not there anymore. Right. Cooper Cup. Good pick. John Johnson, starting Cooper. safety for the Cleveland Browns. Okay, I don't know who that is. Decent player. Uh, I would have liked to have kept him. Okay. Um, Josh Reynolds uh, is a wide receiver currently for... No, Josh Reynolds is bad. <laughs> Samson Ebicom, who is currently a linebacker for the 49ers. So he, so he must be. But he's like way in the back. Oh, okay. I was going to say, he's starting on the 49ers. Then. No, no, no. I didn't say starting. I just said oh. he was for them. Um, And nobody else. Joseph Nopum hasn't been great. Brian Allen hasn't been great. Jonathan Franklin Myers has been fine. Great name. Except he plays in New York, not in L.A., because we cut him. Micah Kaiser, not great. Agbonia Okoronkwo, who is a starting linebacker for the Texans. That should tell you all you need to know. John Kelly, who is the fourth string running back in San Diego. And Joe Kelly, grandson. (laughs) Sebastian Joseph Day, who is a very good player. That's probably the only really good hit we had in that draft. And that's that. Let's move on to 2019. Taylor Rapp, gross. Daryl Henderson, gross. David Long Jr., gross. Bobby Evans, literally rated as the worst uh, lineman in the league this year. Greg Gaines, very good pick. David Edwards, okay pick. Nick Scott, okay pick for where they were drafted. Yeah, I'd say they were pretty good. 2020. Uh, Cam Akers, gross. Van Jefferson, meh. Troll Lewis, gross. Troll Burgess, cut. Bryson Hopkins, cut. Jordan Fuller, meh. Nobody else. Is Van Jefferson still on the Rams? Yes. Do you think that Van Jefferson would be able to take the next... Step if if you were given like a number two role on the team, so, like solidified as the number two role for a season. Maybe. I'm just curious because like like since he's been drafted, you had you had Woods and Cup, right? Yep. And then like you know, and then you had OBJ into the mix. And then Allen Robinson. Right. So I'm just curious. Just curious like, do you think Van Jefferson would be able to? take that step and be like a, a Juju Smith-Schuster type receiver in terms of like numbers as, as but like as a number two maybe I'd say yes because he's quietly had 700 and 800 yard seasons yeah I, I just I don't watch enough like Rams football in that deep of a capacity to really formulate that opinion for myself Fair. so I from you somebody who watches every Rams game so here's 2021, and we're going to do one more after this, and then we're done. Tutu Atwell, 
has six career receptions. Ernest Jones. Hold on, how many career targets? Six. All right. right, That sounds pretty good to me. I'm just saying, 100% is 100%. (laughs) Ernest Jones, decent linebacker selection. Bobby Brown III has not played yet. Robert Rochelle, not great. Jacob Harris is on our practice squad. Ernest Brown IV, cut. Jake Funk, cut. Ben Skoranek, (laughs) and Chris Garrett, cut. Well, hold on. Ben Skoranek is good because he's white. So it's like the Cooper yeah, Cup you, I'm not reading just like no, I, the bottom, the middle rounds. That's our entire draft. No, I know, I know. And then uh, this year, Logan Bruss, torn ACL, Kobe Durant, trash, Kyron Williams, very promising, Quinton Lake, all right, Darian Kendrick, gross, Daniel Hardy, don't know, Russ Yeast, don't know, and AJ. Curry is one of the line, the 18 linemen that we have had out this season. So no, the Rams do not do good drafting in the middle of the rounds. All right, that's fair. I would like, I would like though, I would like uh, every player to have to listen to Massey give his opinion on them. After- <laughs> I'll yeah. say it to their face. It's like the celebrity reading mean tweets. Yeah. All right, so go going back then, Massey. I I stand corrected. Um. The uh, so the Cardinals, the Rams, and the Packers seasons are effectively over. Um, the uh, NFC South continues to be just as absolutely boring as possible. Hello, yeah, yeah. Gonna, sorry, I cut off for a second. Cont- continues to be boring, yeah. The NFC South continues to be absolutely boring. Um, the NFC West continues to be somewhat enticing from the standpoint of the 49ers have the ability to be a NFC juggernaut in the making that will most likely only get one home game during the playoffs. Because barring a massive collapse, I don't foresee them being able to catch Philadelphia or Minnesota. Yeah, I would say that you're probably correct. Um, The... From the NFC East standpoint, the New York Giants are in are in great shape to finish last in their division again. Their <laughs> their their desires to make the playoffs. Uh, well, they still the have, Commanders might come in last. Well, it'll really it's going to come up to those two teams to decide it because they still have to play each other twice. Yes, but the Giants still have to play the Eagles twice. Because the Giants are seven and four, so they still have six games. They have the they have the Vikings, the Eagles twice, the Redskins twice, and the Colts. That's pretty tall order. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing: I could see the Giants going three and one against the Eagles and Washington. I could also see them going zero and four. Yeah, I could see it. Washington. Washington's playing with Feist, and their defense is very good. And Philadelphia is just a better team. I don't care, you know, if Mock was here, the argument would be who is Philadelphia beat versus who have the Giants beat. And it goes, you're absolutely right. But one of them has beat three teams that you haven't. Yeah. And they just they put up more points week in and week out. Yep. 
I don't care if you play an easy schedule. Ten wins is not a joke. <laughs> yeah, no, ten wins is hard to do no matter what you do. Yeah. And then from the AFC standpoint, um, in my opinion, Buffalo no longer looks like an elite AFC contender. I would agree. That they they're going to be chasing the co- they're chasing the coattails of Miami and Kansas City in that regard. I would agree with that. The New York Jets, despite what's looking like to still, regardless of what happens, looking like to be a great improvement season for them, continue to be the laughing stock of the NFL as they will have wasted two top three picks in the last four years on quarterbacks that won't be playing for them anymore. <laughs> you know what? I commend them though for the sun cost hell. So get rid of it while you can. No, I agree. I understand. You take the uh, swing, you see if it works. If it doesn't, fuck it. Move on to the next. If I'm Baltimore, I'm very scared of Cincinnati because they're continuing to look good without Jamar Chase. And he comes back next week. And he comes back next week. And, um, I mean, that's pretty much it. Uh, so, if I'm Baltimore, I'm also shitting my pants because I don't think Lamar is going to play here next year. Yeah, I mean, well, they, I mean, they, they, they kind of have all the power still, though. They can franchise tag him once, and that's it. Right, but I mean, but it guarantees that he either plays for you or doesn't play. It's true. So, I mean, like, <clears throat> he, Lamar's still not in the driver's seat, quote-unquote, yet. That's if Baltimore can afford to pay him, though. Well, what do we say about the NFL mess? It's true. Money comes from anywhere. It's like the price. It's like a. It's like whose line is it anyway? The money's made up, and the points don't matter. Yeah. Um. We've oh, and one other thing. We've seen flashes of it here and there, but this past Sunday was the first instance since being drafted that Trevor Lawrence has looked like a number one overall pick. Yes, he looked very good. And. I don't even know what to make of what's going to happen in Denver next year. <laughs> yeah, what a mess. It's so funny. I love it so much. I feel bad for Denver fans, but... I mean, this is up there with like like the, the biggest kind of like whiffs ever with so much hype. But, but I'll tell you what, this just goes to show, not to toot my team's own horn goes to show what a fucking home run the Rams hit by grabbing Stafford and actually winning with him. How hard that is to do. Yeah, I mean, I think this this assumption and it comes more from fans than anything that, hey, this guy is good. You can plug him in anywhere and the results will be the same. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like bullshit, though. What? The the the, Ram, the Rams are going fucking like 15 and 2 next year. <laughs> God, I hope so. There's, the, there's no way they don't. There is a way that they don't. Dude, you're gonna play. You're gonna play fucking Carolina, Chicago, and fucking Washington. <laughs> All of which will look to be improved teams. Um, not as improved as you guys will be. Just when you know you got Matt Stafford can throw the ball regularly. <laughs> you know. I don't know. It's it's gonna be an interesting off season to see because. We've talked about it, like, I shouldn't say we. Uh, it's been discussed on plenty of, like, Twitter threads and Reddit threads and stuff like that, as well as some of the writers. There's a real possibility that Stafford and Donald retire this offseason. 
Yeah, it's true. And if that happens, oh boy. Well, if that happens, you just trade everybody. <laughs> if that happens, I mean, I still want a Super Bowl. I'm all right for the next few years. Um, that happens, you just trade everybody and start over. I the only person I would say no trading to would be to uh, Donald and Cup. Everybody else can go. Those are the two I want retiring as Rams. Everybody else, you know, Stafford. I would love for him to retire as a Ram. Um, I still don't know if he ever went into the hall, what he would go in as. Who, Stafford? Um, if he ever went in. Stafford's getting into the Hall of Fame. The Super Bowl solidified that. I, 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 force, I think he's getting into the Hall of Fame. I don't think it's a question anymore. You I know, still think it is, but I don't know. We'll see. But I don't know what he's going to go in as. Probably a line if I had to guess. And unless he were able to win another one as a Ram, I don't think there's any chance he goes in as a Ram. Well, it depends how much longer he plays. Even even if he plays five more years for you guys, if he doesn't win another ring, I I, I think he goes in as a Lion. Which is fair. I mean, you know, because here's the other thing too. Even if he plays, if he if he manages to stay healthy enough and play five more years for you guys, that's that's still, you know, that's still what twelve or seven years. Yeah. You know, he played 12 years in the Lions organization. God fucking bless him. <laughs> um, oh, wow. I'll tell you what, though. Astro signed a Brady to a three-year deal. Is that a lot or a little? It's a lot, given his age. He's turning 36 in January, so you yeah. know, he'll, be playing, he'll be playing for them for until he's almost 40. Well, players can play till they're forty, can't they? Yeah, and... no, no, no. But it's just you know that's it's just interesting for the Astros to do something like that because who knows where they're going to be in three years? Well, who did they uh, use a Bray to replace? Well, not really anybody because I mean that's a very like fluid lineup. They could kind of, I mean, first, their, he'll, he'll be a their, DH. Who's their first baseman, Alvarez? Uh oh my god yes oh no 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 um no uh Abreu he'll replace uh Yuli Guriel okay so he'll, yeah he'll replace Guriel at first base but that's the thing too and we kind of talked to this a few months back now we kind of talked about the Astros I think they they've definitely they peaked and they're they're kind of on what I perceive as the downslope of their, their dynasty. Yeah, they just won, but I Say, think... Hell of a downsweep. But I mean, like, you see it in baseball. There's teams that are good for, like, we'll call it five, year five years. Yeah, and, like, the if they get a World Series out of it, great. And a lot of teams don't. And they, they kind of just kind of go back into obscurity until they have that upswing again. The Astros, you know, despite everything that's happened, they, they have two World Series... Um, and been to three, I think, if, if I have my memory right. Who do they lose to? Uh, they lost, they lost to the Braves? Braves? To the Dodgers. No. Um, no, they beat, they beat the Dodgers. They lost to the Braves. Yeah. Okay. Did they make it to the World Series last year? Um, 
I'll who, check real quick. Who, who, who did the Nationals beat? The Nationals? They might have beat the Astros. The Nationals might have beat the Astros. That's what I'm thinking. Um, 2021 was between the Braves and the Astros. Okay, so the Braves beat the Astros. Who do the Nationals beat? Looking right now. Nationals beat the Astros. Okay, so they've been to four then. Yes. They lost to the Braves, they lost to the Astros, they beat the Dodgers, and they beat the Phillies. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, it's it's the type of thing like, you know, they're they're two and two. It's it's still a dynasty, no no matter what way you, you shape it up. Uh but I well, the, well, the thing too is the thing with the Astros is that but the, with Alvarez, Bregman, Altuve, and Tucker and the rise of Jeremy Pena Pena like the Astros just have continued to do this thing where they don't need to go out and they don't need to sign Aaron Judge and they're never going to try to sign. They need they 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 go after players that are going to give them two forty to two sixty batting averages that have the ability to put a ball out of the ballpark, but that keep the rotation going, and then they balance they counterbalance that with lights out bullpen pitching. Yeah. And it, it, they, they kind of yeah. follow the same arc that like the Dodgers have. The Dodgers have been relevant for a very long time, um, and kind of find you know the the recipe is a little bit different. But to to Paul, your point, yeah, they they get players that make sense. It's not just like arbitrary, right? F- football and I mean, like there's there's exceptions to the rule, like you know the Yankees and and like the New England Patriots, but the. The NFL and the MLB are not like the NHL and the NBA from the regards of the greatest of the great of, of, of a certain generation don't frequently win multiple, if any, world titles. In the, in the NBA and the NHL, if you're one of the generationally great players, it's, it's, it's rare that a generationally great player doesn't win multiple titles. Now, you know, the exception being like Alexander Ovechkin, for example, but Sidney Crosby, multiple championships, Jonathan Tays, Patrick Kane, Duncan Keith, multiple championships. You know, it's uh, Connor McDavid and is still young, but Nathan McKinnon already a, a national championship, you know, to, or a world championship in the NBA, LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, Kobe Bryant, uh, Steph Curry, Shaq. I mean, like Michael Jordan, Kareem. Magic Johnson, multiple titles, but Aaron Rodgers won 20 plus years of, of playing for Peyton Manning two separated by over 10 years. Yeah. You know, um, Matt Stafford won and not Aaron Donald won. Aaron, right, Aaron Donald won Dwight Freeney won. Um, Charles Woodson two. two? I think two, right? One with the Raiders, one with the Packers. No, they lost to the Raiders and win. The Raiders lost to the Bucks. Uh, hold on, Charles Woodson. But like, it, it's like it, the NFL. Only like, one. The, huh? Only one. Yeah, there's the outliers. You know, the Tom Brady, the Jerry Rice. You know, but like Walter Payton won. Barry Sanders never went. You know, Gale Sayers NFL championships, but not not multiple. You know, maybe two. I don't know if you know. You know what I mean? But like, like, and the same thing with the MLB. You look at it from the MLB standpoint. Aaron Judge, none. Mike Trout, none. 
Uh, I feel bad because Chad will probably never win one. Clayton Kershaw won. There's like I listen to the Tony Kornheiser show a lot, and and I I, I disagree with him, but I agree with him from the standpoint like in his mind is he, is he the Tony from PTI? Yes. Yeah. Okay. In in his mind, as of right now, there are only three players in the MLB that are guaranteed locked for the Hall of for for Cooperstown if they were to just retire right now. They would be guaranteed first ballots, no questions asked. And his trout. list, Clayton Kershaw, Justin Verlander, and Max Scherzer. Oh, no Trout. So the thing with Trout would be longevity, not, you know, no playoffs, things like that. No, so, see, I disagree with him from, from certain standpoints. Like, Trout, I could see the arguments you could make, but I, I think there are I think there are hitters in the league that w- would, you know, like, for example, like, Oh, sorry, no, he said four because Albert Pujols was on that list when he was saying it. But, like, like I don't foresee how Yadier Molina is not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, I, I, don't for, I don't foresee how uh, Paul Goldschmidt isn't going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? But, like, there's still roundouts to the career. But, like, you, you look at that list, though, Verlander has two. Two? Two. Yes. He won two as an Astro? Yeah. Oh, no, he won was the Tiger, right? No. No, no, the Tigers lost when they made it to the World Series. Did he, he was on the Astros for two? I'm yeah, pretty he was sure. on the Astros for two. Okay. His first year there was their first to win. Okay, so, so Verlander has two, but two over a long period. Scherzer has one, and Kershaw has one. These are three guys that we're, we're saying, you know, and I think everyone would agree, are guaranteed Hall of Fame pitchers. Yeah. Guaranteed to the Hall of Fame. B- barring doing something like like absolutely absurd, like shooting up a school. You know what I mean? Like 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 Max Scherzer could, could, could go out and fucking stomp a dog down <laughs> and he'd still get into Cooperstown. Like, I hope he doesn't do that. No, I know, but I'm just saying, but like it's MLB and the NFL are very interesting from the standpoint of that the, the greats it's hard for the greats to win multiples. It just it doesn't it, it doesn't really work like that. It's because they're they're team sports rather than individual ones where individual can carry them super, super far. Uh, see, it's funny though, because <clears throat> the argument that baseball is not really a team sport. In my opinion, in baseball, there's for in my opinion, there are only two team components to baseball: pitcher, catcher, second, and short. So let's give an example for just just for Haha's sake, just to because I don't know a whole lot about baseball. You're gonna fucking school me in some shit right now. Um, yes. You're still there? Yeah, I'm here. Yes. Oh, there we go. So let's say you have one one great player that you're expecting to carry your team. Mm-hmm. And the rest of your team around you is just is just okay. Yeah. Um it's very easy to take that one player out of the game uh and work around them, isn't it? Well it, Yes. Y- yes and no. Well, I say yes from the standpoint of like, like, yeah, like, so like, l- l- let's go back to like four years, you know, four or five years ago, pre-Otani days. Like, yeah, you could intentionally walk Mike Trout every at-bat. 
and and then take your chances with the other eight guys. Right. You, but my argument against that, and it's the same argument I always have with Mike Mock and Kyle, is it it might change if Mike Trout gets intentionally walked and he's on first base, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on the out situation and the, the shifts and whatever, obviously there's situational hitting that comes into play, but whether or not Mike Trout is on base doesn't change the guy behind him swinging and missing at a pitch in the dirt. No, it absolutely does- not. It doesn't change. It doesn't change him reaching two inches out of the strike zone and smacking a ball, poking a ball down the left field line, in in the shift for a single base hit. It's all individual talent that comes together to result in a team win. But in basketball, for example, you look at most of the greatest individual performances in an NBA game history. They almost are all tagged with losses. I think Michael Jordan's like is like twenty or like twelve percent has a twelve percent winning percentage when he scores more than fifty points in his career. Yeah, I mean you can even look at his all time more highest scoring for the playoffs. He lost to the Celtics in that right. game. It's because if he's doing everything and nobody, nobody else, else is doing right, then it, it, it's harder to make up the deficit. It's the same thing within football. If one receiver is getting open and doing everything. How many games has Justin Jefferson put up 100-plus yards on 10 catches and two touchdowns and the Vikings have lost? That's fair. You know what I'm saying? Like, because if everybody else is... is, Or or the same concept, like, the five guys on the offensive line are completely responsible for the entire flow of how the offense is going to perform. Right. We we saw that. It's the perfect example was the Bucks chief Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes was almost completing the most absurd passes anyone has ever seen in their entire life. Yes, can confirm. But because the offensive line couldn't do anything, it meant almost nothing. Right. Or on the flip side of it, you look at a team like, um, you look at a team like a fucking. You can get there. I believe in you. Uh, I know I'm I'm blanking really hard right now on the team. Um, Want us to help you? I, it's not like the name. I can't. I'm, I'm trying to think of like who fits the example. Um, What's the example? I'll give you a team. No, I don't want your help. You fucking bastard. That's rude. Yeah. But well, so I'll just like Seattle. Like Seattle six and five. They're looking at a playoff spot. The offense can put up as many points in a game as you want them to, but the defense doesn't go out and do anything. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. So so from that standpoint, there's 11 guys that don't ever share the field with the other 11 guys, but, but the way that they're playing is resulting in the team not doing well because the offense is gas. And how many, t- Kendall, how many times do we say it? The defense is on the field too much because the offense doesn't move the ball. Yeah, all the time. You know, what I mean? But like in baseball, you know – that's why I say pitcher to catcher, you know, the, the, I think anybody in the ML, anybody in baseball will tell you any, across all levels of it, from Little League all the way up to the MLB, that a, a good catcher is like having a manager on the field. And um, so catcher to pitcher is definitely a, 
team dynamic. And then second to short for the, 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 the shift plays and the turning double plays and those types of situations. But, you know, the center fielder, it makes no difference if the center field, you know, yeah, they communicate. I got it. I got it. But, you know, you don't ever see the left fielder just not running after a fly ball because he's like, oh, the center fielder's got it. That's it. You know, like, like that's his ball. You know what I mean? Right. Like, just it, it's it, it's a, it's a sport of individual performances that are measured from a team standpoint, if that makes sense. That's the way I look. That's the way I look at baseball. You know, and, and Mock and Kyle will argue it differently, and I and I don't disagree with what they have to say because they played baseball from a competitive standpoint for the majority of their childhood growing up, and Kyle is a slave to the sport and knows it inside and out. But, again, I understand that, you know, if you get a guy on base, if a guy hits a single and he's on base, the situation might call for a different type of hitting technique, but actually physically putting the baseball in play has nothing to do with whether or not the guy in front of you got on base or not. Has nothing to do with it. Yeah, I disagree with any of that because I don't know enough to. Well, but it's like, and so look at it from a football standpoint. If if the guy in the backfield that you're handing the ball off to can't find a gap and doesn't run, then the receivers are going to have a more diff are going to have a more difficult time getting open because the cornerbacks and the safeties aren't going to feel the need to cheat on the run and they're going to devote all their attention to making sure that the receivers don't get open. But if the running back does his job, then it opens up the, everything. It, it makes the jobs easier for the receivers because then they're giving more cushion because they're trying to play to make sure the running back doesn't do what he's – make sure he's blowing up the line of scrimmage. Right. Whereas in baseball, if the shortstop is batting – if the shortstop goes out and hits four for four with four home runs – that doesn't change the third baseman what he's going to do at the plate that day. I can see what you're saying there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, I don't know. I, I'm trying to, I don't no, know. It, it makes it baseball is tough in the sense that, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. It's just, it's the only sport that it's like, you know. I agree the, with what you're saying, but fuck you, Paul. No, 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 not even that. It's just like. Uh, there we go. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> like, there's all these, like, the pitcher can throw, like, like a minimum of, of, of three different types of pitches. And, you know, it, it just it creates so many different, you know, avenues for what could happen on every pitch at every at-bat. So it, it, it compounds on itself so quickly. There's, there's so many, like, different things at play. Where it's like you know in, in football, like you know, Matt, like Stafford isn't throwing like a, a knuckleball to a, a receiver to like, oh, this would be a better way for him to catch the ball. Or, or how about this one, Massey? Do the names Hunter Green and Art Warren mean anything to you? Literally, never heard the names before in my life. Kendall, do they mean anything to you? Mm, I'm I'm missing it. Okay. Hunter Green and Art Warren are the starting pitcher and reliever for the Cincinnati Reds that in May of this year combined to give up no hits against the Pirates and lost the game. Oh, I remember that. So from a team standpoint, if your pitchers go out and they give up zero hits in the hit column and you lose the game, I don't, under I don't see how that's a team sport. I don't see how your contributions helped the team because you still lost. Right. 
You know what I mean? Like, and I understand that there's situations where it's like, you know, yeah, like when Justin Jefferson goes out and catches 150 yards on 10 passes and two touchdowns, and they lose, but that's because the defense gave up a bajillion point. You know what I mean? Like, like the defense did it, and like, but the defense is still 11 guys playing together to have to make something work. Yeah, if you're a zone defense. If you're running a four-man rush in a zone deep three cover zone defense and one guy's out of place, the other 10 guys are going to suffer because of it. Right. What you're saying. But if the batter hits the left field, the right fielder has nothing to do with the right fielder. Yeah, you no, that's a good mean? point. But like in football, if the, if the, if the right side, you know, if you're looking at the field, if the right side cornerback isn't covering his zone properly, it forces a shift from the linebackers over to cover their zone a little more, which then forces the other linebacker over, which then forces the other side of the corner field corner to come over, which then creates an opening that the corner who was, who was doing his job now gets, you know, a fucking pass caught on him when he first, cause somebody else didn't do their job. Makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I'm off. I'm off my soapbox. What else? Anything else? <laughs> That's funny. I never remember how we got on this topic. We were talking about who Abreu was replacing in Houston, and then you started talking about dynasties, and then we started talking about the greats and how they. And then we're here. <laughs> All over the map we are. That's all right. This is some of the best discussion we have. I love this kind of stuff. I always used to laugh uh, in, in in college. One of uh, my roommate uh, Logan would always say it was the never ending football conversation. Which is literally the never ending conversation. <laughs> does uh, Does anybody else have anything they like to chime in with? Um, I'm trying to think and. I don't think I've got anything. Covered a lot of. I found this cigarette dispenser. I want to get Kendall for Christmas. That... It's a red barrel. You take the top off and you put the cigarettes in it. And then you put the top on. And it's Santa with his, you know, coming out of the barrel. Like, you know, like the old school comp cartoon where like he's wearing the barrel's clothes. Yep. And when you lift up the barrel, a cigarette pops out as his penis. That's, that's actually very funny. That's hilarious. Yeah. I like that a lot. I'm a big fan. There's some pretty oh. old, like wacky like smokers items out there. If only you smoked. If only. I just, I just came across these uh Nike Air Jordan ones that are painted in uh Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle colorways. Speaking of um, Kyle will be losing his shit. Air Jordans. Did you guys see the tradition that Taylor Heineke has of every team he beats, he gets a pair of Jordans in the color of the team he beat? That's the kind of flex I'm looking for in life. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of weird. It's like, hey, beat you. I'm going to wear your colors now. That's that's the that's the kind of pettiness I look for in life. <laughs> I just that's awesome. I love everything about it. It's funny. Do you remember he had, I guess it was in 2020, that stretch of however many games where just everything went his way? 
yep. and kind of took that step back. You know, I mean, I guess the Carson Wentz thing had partly to do with it. And now, fast forward, it was kind of like back again. Mm. It's weird, like certain he's, players that this happens to. He's <laughs> the Walmart version of Kirk Cousins. Uh, correction. He's the Target version. All right, that's fair. I'll accept that. This is 2022 appliances. I'm going to break within two minutes of you opening me up. 1970s refrigerator. I'm going to outlive you. I'm going to outlive your kids. I'm going to outlive your dog. I am eternal. I am time itself. Pretty accurate. Yeah, very yeah true. 100%. I got a draft if you guys want to do it. Let's do a draft. Shoot. Do you have to uh, keep track of it? If Please. you don't mind. I got you. <sighs> it's the GSWD scribe, the mess. Ooh, hold on real quick. The last digit of your birthday is the team that has to win the Super Bowl for you to live. Oh, the 2023 Super Bowl. The next year's? Yeah, next year's. Okay. So, Kendall, the last digit for you is zero? Yep. So you need the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win or you die. Not far off. Not looking too good. It... it... I need a couple things to happen, but I, I feel okay. Yep. I am 24, so I'm four, as is the mass. Four. We need the Giants. <laughs> I feel okay about our odds. Massey, I look forward to dying in your embrace. <laughs> we can cuddle. We died. We if, if we if we get to choose how we go out, I, I, I choose waterboarding via Bourbon County. Good way to go. Yeah, that is a pretty good way to go. Uh, it would be uh, it would be rough because it's thick. Like the, you you would you would take in so much liquid. <laughs> I'll go for death by snoo snoo. There you go. That's a that's a little nod to some of you fans out there. Hey, so before we do the draft, I do have a quick football question I meant to ask earlier. Okay. If the 49ers manage to win the Super Bowl, is there any uh, chance that Garoppolo is the starter next year? No. <laughs> like, do you think there's Why any... Why are you making me talk about this? But I'm just curious. Is there anything that Garoppolo can do to just win the starting job long time? He won't be back. He doesn't want to be back. Uh, here's the deal. The NFL is just full of money. <laughs> I mean, right, and somebody else besides the 49ers will give it to him. I look forward to seeing him in the Jets uniform next year. It would oh, be funny. Uh, Mike White is leading the Jets charge next year. You go on, you win the Super Bowl. Aren't you the one who said that he's going to get traded for a conditional seventh? Who, me? Yeah. What, Jimmy Garoppolo? No, Mike White. I don't think so. I don't remember saying that. Somebody said that. <laughs> I said that... Who- Kudos to whoever took the gamble on uh, Mike White last week in fantasy. Imagine that, See, though. Yeah. Jimmy G wins the Bowl in the press conference. Hey, it was a lot of fun. See you guys never. Oh, I'm man. telling you, he's not coming back next year. This made me laugh pretty hard. It's a, it's a th- thicker, chubby-type Latina-looking girl. Sitting on the uh, with a larger, larger derriere, sitting on the lap of three uh, very large uh, African American gentlemen on the bench in a mall, and the caption is or the 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 thing on it, like from a Snapchat filter, says, 
what do you think is going to happen next? Top comment. We're going to find you in two pieces by the river. <laughs> Pretty hard. Um, all right. Who's ready for a draft? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right. So the draft is... Drum roll, please, Kendall. The, uh, food duos. Oh. I don't know what that means. So what's the draft order? Give you an example. All right. We got Mask Me Paul. Of course. Of course, Mask goes first. So I have to explain it instead of just taking up the <laughs> so we can fix it. Um, I mean... <laughs> Yeah, so mass food duo, like two foods that like are distinctively that distinctively just go together. Yeah, like Chinese food and chocolate milk. <laughs> I <laughs> no, but just like like two foods that distinctively go together. Like, like it, it wouldn't be like it's commonly they're commonly one with the other. So like I'll give you I'll give you a for example. It doesn't have to be, but like chips and salsa. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like like food duos, like two things. Man, the, the Steelers' defense is just all over Indianapolis. All right, so what's the draft order? You, Kendall, me. <laughs> I think that a I think that a team blocking a kick, I, I, it bothers me so much that if the team decides to not go for it, it's a dead ball. Oh, or, I'm sorry, just gonna sit there. If the block kick goes beyond the line of scrimmage, it's a dead ball. I I think that's so dumb. I think the ball should be live. Yeah, I've always felt that way. It doesn't make any sense. You just it's a bunch of people standing around. I think it's if the ball goes past the line of scrimmage, it's a dead ball. But if it's blocked back behind the line of scrimmage, it can be picked up yeah. and, and advanced. I'm pretty sure. All right. So, Mass, you're up first. Yeah. And challenges can be thrown. Over to start with us. I mean, if you want, I can swap picks with you, and you can just be third. I mean, mess. There's so many good ones like pecan pie and Gatorade that jumps to mind. Um, yep. I'll do chips and queso. <laughs> chips and queso. Okay. It's a good pick. I like that. And I think I think that it's I think that it'd be fair to say I think that like uh, it, that doesn't remove all chip combos. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, chips and salsa would still be, like, available. Yes. Okay. But case not be. All right. I'm going to take uh, cheese and crackers here. Okay. All right. I'm a, I'm a big fan with your guys' two, two picks that you, you've made so far. Uh, I like Massey going with the, uh, the, the exciting, you know, uh, athletic young guy in the, the queso. Um, and Kendall, I like you going with the uh, the, the staple. Uh, you know, you know what you're going to get. Savvy veteran. Well, no, I wouldn't say savvy veteran, but what you're gonna, I mean is you're you're going to see here. I'm gonna I'm gonna take back to back here. I'm gonna take two two veterans. I, I think arguably, uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see these two guys on the same team because I think that they've been competing uh, for face of the league for for quite some time. Uh, you're going to go ahead and give me uh, give me peanut butter and jelly. Hmm. I'm gonna back that up with the the uh, co-competitor face of the league. Give me the uh, the macaroni and cheese. Yeah, th those the, are classics. 
I thought about that. I just, uh, yeah. I mean, that feels like a that feels like a single dish more than it is a combo. But it's two foods. It is two foods, but technically, peanut butter and jelly is three foods. No, it's not because I didn't say peanut butter and jelly and bread. It's a food duo, man. The PB and J. It's the food duo. If you want to throw the challenge flag, Kendall, I'm going to throw the challenge flag on macaroni and cheese. Okay, so Kendall, it's up to you to decide if it counts as a food duo or if it qualifies as just a dish instead of a food duo. So, I, I listen I, to me, Kendall. You go with your gut. I will not be upset. I'm not going to argue. You're, you're the commissioner. Your word is final. So, I mean, I didn't even consider this being a, a challenged item. I, I'm just in, intrigued by Massey's position. I just, I just was kind of like, yeah, good pick. Not to speak for Massey, I think, he, I think what his argument is is that it's – I think Massey's thought on the, the food duo should be two individual foods – instead of like a incorporated dish correct okay so th- this stands more for well this it's your opinion you take what you think and then that will base that yes, on yes there are, there are no hard feelings either way about this right. Right, you, you you give us you give us your uh you you give us your ruling and then that we'll use that to base all future picks not that say the challenges still can't be thrown but all right so i think peanut butter and jelly is you know that 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 works um i guess the one that would be more kind of room for interpretation would be mac and cheese and i guess we'll say mac and cheese can't be done because it's more inclusive all right i'll let the commissioner go on that so the mac and cheese is revoked so i'm going to replace that with the the milk and cookies good pick good i, I, like was, that. I was actually waiting on that um this will be a little bit bold. Um, I think really just myself, maybe Massey would be kind of a fan. I'm going to go with uh, steak and lobster. Surf and turf? Surf and turf, baby. All right. Okay. Very classy. I like the pick. I think it's a home run pick. I think you're gonna. I think you're gonna struggle with cap space after that pick. Yeah, I burned a lot of capital on that. All right, I'm gonna go for a home run hit here. I'm gonna go with biscuits and gravy. It's a good pick. Sol- solid foundation, big man in the center, hard to move. I like it. And then I'm gonna go ahead and follow that up with fish. I ah, dip it into the international portal. I like it. Good pick. And both. All right, I'm going to take a uh, scotch and scotch here. Um, it's a classic. No. <laughs> hmm. Um, I'm just going to kind of go an easy one here. Uh, I-, I like chips and salsa a lot. I'm just going to just grab that up. All right, all right. Um, I'm looking to go simple here. I want someone to, uh, to control the offense. Somebody that, uh, you know, you know what you're going to get from them, but you're not disappointed at all. Give me, uh, give me bacon and eggs. Ooh. Yeah, I was wondering when that was going to go. And then I, and then because I'm going to go with the, the more, uh, veteran, uh, you know, PB and J and the, the bacon and eggs and, and even the milk and cookies, you know, it's a very veteran 
live, you know, veteran uh, offense here. Get some young blood in there. We, we, not necessarily young blood, but we, we need to be able to uh, spice it up a bit. And so I'm going to take salt and pepper. Do, do, like do, 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 Kendall? Hmm. Did you see the spice pun? I did. I liked it. <laughs> I went right over Kendall's head. Wait, which one? The spice pun. One that he made that you didn't react to. I said I gotta get a player that's gonna spice things up. Oh well, I, I did the the salt and pepper. I did. Uh... No, 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 but but I said I need players that are gonna spice it up, and then said salt and pepper. Oh, it was good. Those... I like it. Salt and pepper or spices? Uh, I'm aware. Oh, uh, I don't think you. I didn't think you understood. <laughs> okay. I... Um. See, I got a food item. I'm having trouble with it. It doesn't really have like a pair. It's kind of like a solo act. That doesn't fit. I mean, you can say it with a secondary item, but there might be a challenge flag thrown. Yeah, I feel like I'm not even going to take the risk. Um, well, you don't lose the pick. Yeah, you still get the pick. The only thing you really risk is that if, if it's challenged and overturned, you risk Massey or myself coming up with a better secondary option and getting it. Yeah. Yeah, but, so I mean, like, like uh, that's sometimes that, that gamble's worth it. Yeah. All right, I'll I'll, I'll go for it here. Um, I mean, you don't really hear this in a sentence, but like uh, wings and beer. Interesting. Because it, it's not like it, it's never like oh advertised as oh these things. It, that's more so like like restaurants that like Buffalo Wild Wings of the world. Um, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna let I'm Massey gonna let it pass. Make, I'm gonna let Massey make his own decisions. I'm gonna tuck the challenge flag away on this one. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same. I'm gonna let that pass. I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk that up to 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 a happy hour menu. All right. You know, I, like, it's not something I could hear anybody saying in a sentence, but. But wings, wings and beer. I mean, I think that they go hand in hand. Yeah, I'll let that go. You know, I'm good with that. All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tuck the, I'm gonna tuck it away there. I'm gonna tuck right, that away. Right. I'll take it. I'm gonna go ahead and take uh, what I feel like I, can, I can't tell if this is gonna be an unpopular pick or not. It's one that I adore. I'm gonna go ahead and take the chicken and waffles. Oh, good pick. Good pick. Didn't even think about it. And then I'm going to go ahead and hmm, what are we going to? You guys cut out. I, I don't know what. Yeah, I lost you there. I don't know what to follow this up with. Um, you know what? I think I need a drink to go with this and you guys are going to laugh at me for this one, but that's okay. I'm going to take tequila and lime. All right. No, I mean, here's here's the thing. I, I, I can't even, I couldn't even justify a reason to even think of a challenge flag on that. No, it, that's how it is. I, I think it's a bizarre pick. I think it might be a reach pick, but I, I, I don't, I don't disagree with it being a, a food duo. You know, you know what? Can I, can I make a, can I make a quick adjustment to that one? Um, I'll let it, I, I, I'll, I'll pass it. I'll agree. Yeah, go ahead. I'm going to change my drink of choice. Okay. 
I'm going to go for root beer and ice cream for a root beer float. Nice. There you go. All right, on to Kendall. Well, it's funny. I, I was ready to go lock and load. I had uh, brownie and ice cream. You can still do that. Yeah, well, it's funny that you changed uh, because it was just like I, I was I was geared up and I heard the ice cream. I'm like, oh, no. So you go on the brownie all mode? Oh, yeah. Big fan. So, I mean, uh, I've locked in my dessert with the milk and cookies. You know, I've got the, the vet. And you know, and the fa- and honestly, in my opinion, the face of the league in peanut butter and jelly. You know, I, I think that's yeah. just franchise. You know, hands down, Hall of Famer right there. Um, that's first ballot. The, the the salt and pepper to, to keep things lively. You know, and then and then I brought. We're it gonna in. go for we're gonna go for one more round. Just pick this, and then we're gonna go back around one more time. All right. So if we're gonna if we're gonna go that route, then I, I need a heavy hitter down low. Give me the spaghetti and meatballs. A good pick. I was wondering if it was ever gonna get picked. And then, let's see. I need something. Need something out like uh, I'm, I'm struggling. You know, I, I think I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go another. Uh, veteran and heavy hitter combo here. Um, give, 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 give me the burger and fries. Yeah, it's good. Very classy, classy grouping. And look, um, I think I'm going to try to get a breakfast item here, and I'm going to go with cereal and milk. I like it. Now, I I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm going to throw the challenge flag. That's not, that's not where I'm going with this. I'm not saying I won't, but I'm not saying I am. <laughs> I think the question should be raised: Should the cereal and milk count if the macaroni and cheese is not going to count? I say yes. Why? Mm. I I really mm. don't know. I mean, uh, I was kind of because there's the the small group of people who are dry cereal eaters. Um, that's the, that's the only thing that I have going that was going to make me say yes. Cereal can be used for other things: rice krispie treats, granola bars. Yeah, yeah that's true. Very true. Um, here and here's the deal: saying this benefits me in no way because because. By being challenged, the macaroni and cheese is, is eliminated. It can't be if we decide that cereal and milk flies, mac and cheese can't be brought back into discuss, into discussion. It's right. been so. I, I'm not benefiting from bringing it up. I'm just I'm curious as to uh, you know, Kendall. I'd like you to give me an argument as to why this should fly, but the macaroni and cheese should not. Well, see, this is where it's tough because until uh, Massey challenged, I really didn't consider. Um, I will say that, like, when you're making, you know, mac and cheese, it, it's kind of like, I think for the majority of people, it just, you know, comes out of a box that the, the, the cheese is either like a, in a, a liquid pouch or a powdered form where you're adding milk and butter. So it's like one kind of like grouping. I mean, some people will go and they'll, they'll actually take the cheese and they'll make a, a roux out of it. And, and it's a lot of work and it comes out better. So in that yep. regard, that would be like two separate items coming together. I view macaroni and cheese as a base. I view cereal and milk as a 
hold on, this needs to stop. You don't use cheese to make a roux. You use a roux to thicken up the macaroni and cheese. This is also correct. Well, it's um, milk and flour and, and cheese. You said that, and I stopped listening to everything you said after that. Yeah, you don't use cheese in a roux, Kendall. I've done That's that just, several times. No, no, you haven't. Yeah. You add, you add it after you've made a roux, maybe, but you don't use cheese to make a roux. No, a roux is butter and flour. Yeah, uh, I've that's added, all it is. I've added cheese right out of the and gate. milk. But, but then that's not a roux. But why not? Butter, flour, cheese together in a pan? Yeah. Like you didn't mix the butter and flour together to make a roux? No, I just kind of threw one. Like I, I knew I was doing with cheese. I was, I wasn't planning on doing anything else. I just, you know, you cut to the chase. Make, you didn't, you didn't make a roux. You just, you just made cheese sauce. Yeah. Well, roux, cheese yeah. sauce, and you know, six and one. No, no, you didn't make a roux because you, you, the flour and the butter didn't combine together to make a roux. I, I'm the saying fl- it's it's one in the same. <laughs> anything you kind of one step deep fried your cheese yeah i i i wouldn't do a roux for basically anything else well you do a ruse for to- tons of stuff i use it whenever i make cajun food during um fat tuesday anything with a thicker sauce it has a roux base to it you have the, the roux is the starting base for the sauce and then the, the counterbalance to the roux would be the slurry, which you would use to then thicken up the roux, or you would then thicken up the sauce with a slurry, a cornstarch slurry. Yeah, Kendall, that is not a roux. You, you, what you do is not a roux. What you do is is a one pot sauce. It's it's. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just I, not a roux. I'm just saying that for here's the a deal, mac Kendall. and cheese. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you three things here. Okay, I'm not gonna throw the challenge flag for two reasons. The the the, the first reason is that. Macaroni and cheese, while it is more or less a two dish or a two food component dish, is is a dish. Whereas cereal, while I do think if most people said you had cereal for breakfast, they would assume there was milk in it, doesn't necessarily mean there's milk in it. Reason number two, I'm not going to throw the challenge flag, is I physically personally know a person that puts their cereal in orange juice in the morning. Yuck. Who is that and where can I find them so I can beat them to death? There's actually a lot of people that do that. And then, I guess I'm going to be busy then. And, and number three, and, and and the most important, is that, Kendall, you're so wrong about the Rue that it's it's not funny. Um, in fact, I'm actually, like, offended as somebody that, like, cooks dinners. Um, you, you don't make a Rue. It's not a Rue. I'm saying it's a Rue. Well, I, I, I love you, buddy. You're wrong. <laughs> Kendall, here's the deal. You want you want me to think it's a roux? Next week when we do the show, you can pre- you have a week to prepare a 100 word statement on why it's a roux. I'm gonna call my good friend Emerald. He's gonna he's gonna back me up here. All right. Well, you you have 100 words, and none of them can be bam. So, bam. We're gonna let cereal fly. So, Massey with the last pick. All right, so I have a couple different choices here. I'm curious to hear where the first one lands. Cereal How do I feel cheese. about spinach and artichoke dip? Um, I, I, I'm going to throw the challenge flag on that. Okay. I thought so. I just... I'm, I'm going to throw the flag because... Um, simply for the fact that... that 
that while the spinach and the artichoke are, are, are the food duo that come up with the name, um, it, it, it's not a, it's not a two food pairing that makes it possible. If you just That's put, fair. if you just put spinach and artichokes in a bowl, you wouldn't have spinach artichoke dip. That's fair. All right. You, you would just have the world's grossest mowed lawn of all time. <laughs> so I'm going to throw the flag for that. That's fair. I respect that. I'm going to go ahead and do a dark horse. Then I think I'm going to do peanut butter and chocolate. Okay. I, I can, I can get with that. I can get with that. We're getting into Christmas season. I'm going to actually, uh, next weekend, I'm going to make some Buckeyes. Nice. Ooh, I'm an ignoramus. What's a Buckeye? A Buckeye. Uh, peanut butter and chocolate in just a circle. It's a peanut butter ball dipped in chocolate. Hmm. But you mix the peanut butter with powdered sugar to give it a more uh, crumbly texture versus a cream yes. texture. Sounds good. And then you dip all but the, the top face of the ball so that it looks like it's an eyeball. All right. Essentially. Like doesn't look like an eyeball, but you know what I mean. Like it's called a yeah, buck yeah. eye because it's like a buck's eye. That's the draft. The gentleman. I have a question for you. Yes. What are you guys doing on Sunday the eleventh? Sunday the eleventh. It's a good question. I don't know. I feel like there's something. My calendar. All that says is that my car payment is due. <laughs> I yeah, just want to maybe get together and watch some football and or some Letterkenny. I would like to do that. I'm going to throw a challenge flag on you wanting to do that. Because <laughs> you're probably going to have to work and or train. That's true. Well, I don't think I have anything on the calendar. Um, Massey, I'll have to get back to you tomorrow. All right, that's fair. I'm not saying no. I just I, I, I know that next weekend I'm booked up all weekend because I have. It's December. I get it. December's fucking busy. Well, December third, we have a we all we all have a wake that we're invited to. Um, yep. But yeah, so a wake, then a, a Christmas party after the wake, and then Sunday is I, I will be. Man, helping. that's that's a fucking swing of yeah, real fucking one eighty. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, the fourth, I will be assisting and helping a elderly woman with her outdoor Christmas decor. Um, I think there's something the 10th and the 11th that weekend. I just don't know what, so I'll let you know. So Kendall, don't be going and accepting any work shifts in the next 24 hours. No, no, don't. And fortunately for me that this is the slow, slow season. So there's nothing for me to really get anyway. You'd be proud. I turned down two offers back to back weekends. For what reason? Uh, one being uh, for the the wake, and the other one because you wanted to go training on Saturday last weekend. That would be correct. Yep. You wouldn't have turned down a work shift for us, though. I've turned down many work shifts. I don't think that's true. It is very I don't true. Believe it. I don't believe it either. I'm gonna throw the challenge flag on that. Well, I'll put some cheese in a pot. <laughs> What. I'm gonna go on Amazon right now and buy a challenge flag for these drafts. <laughs> we should. That's that'd be a lot of fun. You know what? Here, I'll do this. I feel like there's gotta be a thing like on Discord. Oh, gonna, on, on Discord, you're gonna do something, Mass? Yeah. All right. All right. All right. 
Okay. All right. Okay. I got the, right, the thing opened. Are you okay? All right. Okay, Derek. <laughs> Looking again at the uh, picture you put up of the uh, Bourbon County is very, uh, very festive. It is, isn't it? Now the uh, the box at the bottom was there. Um, was it open or is it like a like a plasticky like cover? What behind the old Fitzgerald? Yeah, bag? no, it's open. It's open. You touch the box. Yeah, we're not fucking swine here. <laughs> I tell you what, I have watched Kenny Pickett escape multiple sacks for two yard gains and then immediately follow that up with either a ball right into the dirt or a ball <laughs> way over the head of the receiver. <laughs> I mean, in the first half, he had, he had a pass to, to, to Pickens that I thought was a touchdown and, and Pickens. Talk about the fact that this is going to be possibly um, Tomlin's first losing season ever. It's potential. Uh, Paul, you muted yourself. Yeah, I'm there. disappearing for I'm disappearing for a quick minute. Okay. Um, which is insane. How long has he been coaching for? Two thousand seven. That's nuts. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm hoping that something. I mean, I'm not expecting. The playoffs. I'm not expecting a deep playoff run. I just, if that were to be something that could be maintained in any way, are you gonna are you gonna win tonight? So they're up I right now. The game at all. Um, I mean, I, I actually I haven't. It's just unfortunately the way I have things set up in here um, doesn't really allow. Me. I could I could set up like the iPad or whatever, but it kind of it just makes the internet laggy, and I want to make sure that we can do this. Yeah. Um. So I know they're winning. Right now, I think they're just coming out of halftime, maybe, or are still in halftime. I'm not sure, um, but but they're up right now. Uh, we'll have to play Baltimore two more times. Well, here's the thing: you're up sixteen to ten, and you're on the twelve yard line for Indianapolis. Um, if you win tonight, you could only lose two more games in the season. Yep. How do you feel about that? Well, all I could really hang my hat on is Baltimore right now isn't really playing that good of football. Um, we'll have to play Cleveland again, which will foreseeably have Deshaun Watson. And we don't know how that's going to play out yet. Um, I'm trying to predict it's just have a chance of 500. Yeah. Yes. What's the record right now? Three and seven. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Figure if they can hold on tonight, that'll put them at four and seven. I think you can beat the Falcons at five and seven. You could beat the Panthers to go six and seven. You could beat the Raiders, but you never beat the Raiders. So that would put you at six and nine, get the Ravens twice and the Browns. I mean, it would be real tough. Yeah. I'm hopeful. I believe in you, Kendall. 
Mike Tomlin's gonna Mike Tomlin's gonna be like the real life Undertaker. We're gonna like you know he's gonna go into the Hall of Fame with only one uh, under five hundred season. <laughs> Anybody else that's done that? I mean, he's definitely gonna have the longest active streak or the longest streak of all time to start a career, right? Yeah, I think so. There's been coaches that have they coach for long is times. This, is this going to be Sean McVay's first under 500 season? No. I think two years ago. Right before Stafford? Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, Matt Ryan has defeated 29 of 32 NFL teams. Only two uh, defeated is the Steelers and the Patriots. Hmm. This is going to be Sean's first losing season as head coach. Uh, he was 9-7 oh. and seven their worst year. That's interesting. I mean, I honestly would like to see anybody else do anything with the injuries that we've had. I believe uh, somebody stated today we have we're only, what, 10 games into the season? We have the most uh, combinations of offensive line ever in NFL history already. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, you know, it's one of those things like I, I, I try not to have the conversations with with our good friend Mike Mock about the Giants yeah. um, because, you know, uh, one – as as a Chicago Bears fan, you know, and this is something that, you know, you know, Massey and and Kendall and Kyle haven't experienced is the 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 real and really, I mean, I've experienced them more than anybody is the real woes of being an NFL fan. Um, you know, I got very it, lucky because for a while I was down there with you. Right, but but like even still, like you know, like if you look at your franchise, like history, you know, you you you've been to two, you've been to. You've been to four Super Bowls in 22 years. This is true. You know what I mean? The Steelers have been to... A lot. Well, since 2000. That's kind of when we... That's kind of like our consensus considering about the start of our fandom. So the Steelers have been to three since then, right? Yep. And the Giants are two and up. You know, the Bears have been to one and lost. And... But like over the past decade, you know, Mock and I have really struggled uh, on the, the the NFL fan bus, unlike you guys, because even when the Steelers, like we said, even when the Steelers have not been great, they've found a way to win. Um, and the past five years, the Rams have been improving, 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 and then won the Super Bowl. Yep. And if you know if they're gonna have a bad year this year just to come back and win the Super Bowl next year, I think Massey would agree. Worth it. Yeah. Hundred uh, percent. So. But but I I really want to you know the the injury bug is a is a topic of conversation that you hear a lot with Giants fans and, and I said it at Thanksgiving to to one of Samantha's cousins um, you know that was talking about it. and I'm like you know yeah the Giants are banged up but I think the other thing too is, is that like the Giants just aren't as good as, as as like Giants fans just think they are I mean. Am I going to argue with winning games? I, I'm not. They, they they won games. They've won seven games. My right. team has won three games, and one of those was in a complete rain fest that really, it was a crapshoot as to who was going to win that game. 
So still very happy you guys won that game. Thank you. I am too. Um, but but I look at the, I look at the New York Giants, and this is where I stand on them. The Giants are a team that they've won games that they they've they've won a lot of close games, and that's important. But you look at it, it's like you know they beat the Titans by one point. They narrowly escaped the the Panthers. You know they 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 lost to the Cowboys. They beat. They, they, I'll give them. They beat the Bears. They beat them by eight points. That to me, if you win by more than a score, then you're good. You In know? fairness, that is a score. Yeah, no, it is. But you know, and then, but you know, it's like, so then they 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 beat the they beat the Packers by five, a team that is far inferior to them record wise. You know, then they beat the Ravens. That was a real win for them. You know. But then they they less than a touchdown to beat the Giant to beat the Jaguars. Then they lost to the Seahawks. They didn't look great against the Texans. Then they then they got pummeled by the Lions. And and I don't care what anybody says. Twenty eight to twenty. That game was a that was a twenty eight to thirteen game. The Giants got pummeled by the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. I, I have I, I still don't I have no faith in the Giants. I have no faith. The injuries don't help. I understand, but. I, I just I think that the Giants are a team that really the talent isn't that good. It's just that all those games that they won by less than six points was more so that they, they have a competent coach that was making good decisions. Yes, mm-hmm. which goes to show coaching matters. Right, and coaching does matter. If they have fucking what's his face there from last year, Joe Judge. If they have Joe Judge there, they they don't beat they they don't beat the Titans. They don't beat the Panthers. They, they don't beat the Jaguars. They don't beat the Jaguars. They don't beat the, the Packers. They probably don't beat the Ravens. Right. They probably don't beat the Ravens. And then you're looking at a team that's th- that's three and eight. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I just, I have a really hard time believing in, I have a, I have a very hard time believing in the Giants. No, that's and, fair. Yeah, I don't know. All right. I don't. I don't know how you guys feel, but I just I have a really hard time believing in any team this year. Yeah, I can come up with more reasons. The only I can come up with more reasons for every team as to why they won't win the Super Bowl than why they will win the Super Bowl. There's probably one or two teams that I could say, yeah, you guys have a real shot at winning, and that's it. Uh, honestly, the only the only two teams that that I think genuinely really could make it to the Super Bowl, even with having bad games in the playoffs, it, it would be Miami versus San Francisco. And I would throw the Chiefs in there, but only maybe. The, the Chiefs, the Chiefs are a team. They're, they're an interesting team this year. They're they're nine and two, which is nothing to slack at by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but you know, I mean, like. They smoked the Cardinals, but they've yep. they barely escaped the Chargers. Um, both times, they lost to the Colts. You know their win their wins versus the Bucks. Their win versus the Bucks doesn't look good because the Bucks don't look good. Right. There's they smoked the 49ers. They beat they beat the Titans, but in overtime, they didn't really dismantle the Jaguars. Again, the, you know, a win against the Rams sounds good, but this year it means nothing. No offense, Massey. No offense taken. 
the the Raiders they beat by a point. I mean, their their saving grace is that they get the Broncos, they get the Broncos twice, the Raiders and the Chiefs or and the uh, uh, Texans to end the season. But like I I, could, I I don't I don't know I'm not I'm not really enthralled with them, to be honest with you. Again, I, I can come up with more reasons as to why they'll lose those games. Um, than than anything because. Again, another component to the their, their team is that they, they give up a lot of points. Right. Yes. I mean, I'm looking at it here. 21 and a loss, 24 and a loss. Uh, 20 and Until a, the fourth quarter. Yeah. Or two, yeah. 20, 21 and a win, 24 and a win, 31 and a win, 29 and a win. You know, the, the games where their defense played best are the games that they lost. Which is funny. Yeah, it is funny. Um, Miami is one of those teams, you know, I think their offense is just so high power that I think they can really just outperform how bad their defense could possibly play. And, and then the 49ers are the complete opposite that I think that no matter how poor their offense plays, their defense is so good that they can keep them in it enough that eventually one of those weapons is going to do something on offense. Yeah. Yeah. Between Ayuk, Samuel, that fucking Jefferson kid or whatever the fuck his name was from last week that fucking decided to have a day. Um, Kittle and fucking... CMC. And, and, and CMC and the fucking other one, Mostert. Mostert's Mostert? not on their team on there anymore. Who's the, who's the other running back they have? Uh, uh, Eliza Mitchell, but he's out again for eight weeks. Oh, okay. All right. But but still, there's, there's just so many weapons that, like, I, I think that even if the offense has a dud fucking day, the defense can keep them close enough that eventually one of those weapons will just chime off. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, like even if Jimmy Garoppolo has a subpar day, the running capabilities of Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey are enough. Whereas, yeah. like, in Philadelphia, if Jalen Hurts has a bad day, the defense isn't as good as people like really chalk them up yeah. to be. That's why they went out inside like four new nose tackles. Yeah. I mean, maybe the only other team that I think the only other team in the a- NFC that I could really maybe, maybe put any faith into would be Dallas. Just because yeah. their defense really is just that fucking good. Yes. Like, their defense is good. The, their overtime loss to the Packers, I think is more, on coaching, I think it's I think it's more on coaching, and I think it was also just like Aaron Rodgers was eventually going to have one of those days. Yeah, not to mention they combined they had two hundred yards rushing on the ground. Like it was right. just like a day where they fell apart. But even still, like a day where the defense didn't look great, they still it still took overtime for the team to beat them. Right. You know what I mean? It's like like. The game against the Bucks, I'll write that one off because Prescott got hurt. Was it that game? Did he, did he get hurt in game one or was it game two? Uh, game two, I think. No, didn't they open the season versus the Bucks? Yeah, yeah. Did they? I think so. No, Pre- Prescott got hurt against the Bucks. Okay. And then the Cowboys just went on to win three games. You know what I mean? It's like 
Like they, Rush they, for MVP. They lost to the they lost to the Eagles and they lost to the Packers. Those are the two losses. And the reason I say I, I think I can believe in it is because like while yes their defense has given up some points here and there. The team. I mean, defense that doesn't. Right, but the, but but the, but but they're going to face just Justin Jefferson's in the playoffs, and they they held the Vikings to three points. Right. They held them to three fucking points. Not only did they hold them to three points, they held them to three points while answering thirty-seven unanswered points against them. <laughs> the only yeah, I mean, thing Dallas is good. The only thing I can't figure out about the Dallas coaching staff is I, I I wish that they would just commit to one of the running two backs. running backs yeah. in, in, in a 70-30 role. Not doesn't you know even 60-40, but it's just not it's not You're, Zeke is the running back that needs to get a lot of carries to get going. And, and like, I was talking to Kendall about it. Like, and this was for more of a pure fantasy struggle, but against the fucking Giants, the Cowboys, there was one point where Ezekiel Elliott had 82 rushing yards on, like, 12 carries, and they gave him the ball three more times, which then he did rush for 10 more yards. He was averaging, like, 6.5 yards per carry for the game, and they just kept feeding it to Pollard. Yep. And Pollard was getting nowhere on the ground. It, it just, it, it, it annoys me because it's like, and you hear like a lot of like, because the Cowboys are always going to be one of the teams that are going to get the most criticism of all teams because as, Cowboys. right. Because as, as America's team, if you're not a Cowboys fan, you're going to naturally hate them because why are they America's team? Um, uh, I don't understand why the world has this hate for Ezekiel Elliott in terms of like, oh, he's washed. And it's like, like, why is he washed? He's 26 years old. Like, he had a couple he, down years. He's had a couple down years and he's had some injuries. And I understand. But like, like, like I was talking to a Giants fan just a few days ago and his argument was that Ezekiel Elliott's workload it is insane for somebody who was 26. And I'm like, are you going to sit here and tell me that Ezekiel Elliott's body has taken more punishment than Derrick Henry's? Yeah. Are you going to tell me that he, that Ezekiel Elliott's body is taking more punishment than Christian McCaffrey? I mean, Christian McCaffrey might not rush as many times a season as Ezekiel Elliott does, but Christian McCaffrey also had a year where he went 1,000 and 1,000. Those are all carries. Yep. No matter if you're catching the ball or getting being handed to you in the backfield, a tackle's a tackle. And they add up. They yeah. sure do. So, all right. Well, let's get into a. We're we'll into our, our beer reviews. Well, how was your Bourbon County? Well, I'll go last. No, oh, okay. I had root beer. It was nice and crisp. Nice. <laughs> I had. I'll be honest. I do not think I've ever heard root beer referred to as crisp. I mean, I think it's a fitting word for it. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying I think it's a new descriptive word that I'm hearing for the first time to describe a beer. Kendall? I had uh, Stag Jr. Um, 
25% alcohol by volume, 132 and a half proof from the good folks at Buffalo Trace. This is very good. I'm sorry? The good folks at the Sazerac Company. Ah. Um, But yeah, I enjoy this. Um, I find it to be kind of harsh up front. Um, Like the... And Paul can bail me out at any point. Uh, where I find like the the no, it's your beer review. No, no, I just want to say the right thing though. I I find that like the 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 booze fumes, if you will, um, are very upfront. Like as soon as you like nose the glass, it's like right in your face. And as you take like you know the sipping, like with any like hard liquor, if you're drinking it straight or whatever, you know you you find yourself you know to kind of to help on the bite to exhale this is even even doing that uh, i find that to be challenging but it, it it is one of the best i think ever had um it, it's 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 very rich in flavor um i don't want to i don't want to say it's it, it doesn't have a a, a smokiness too, but it has it, it, there's a, there's a part of it that has like a like a burntness, and I can't exactly put it into words. Um, but for for any bourbon drinker, uh, Paul had mentioned at the start of the show, it's a more probably sought after bottle. Um, but if you can find it, it's definitely worth the purchase. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I had the Bourbon County two-year barley wine reserve aged in the old Fitzgerald bourbon barrels. Um, it is absolutely phenomenal. Um, having it right out of the bottle, usually I find the barley wines to have a, a bit more of the heat um, because they, they are the highest proof of the Bourbon County line. Um, this one was bottled at 17.2%. Which, for those of you keeping a track at home, at 16.9 ounces, that's equivalent of having a six-pack of Coors Light and one beer. Um, Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you get that. I always say with the barley wine, you you never really see it in the uh, the, the descriptions, but I, I always get, like, a, a slight aftertaste that you would get from like a real authentic um, Italian maraschino cherry, not like the maraschino cherries you see in the United States where it's so those bright red colors that they inject with food coloring, but like the Luxardo cherries from Italy that are that dark burgundy syrupy color. Mm. Uh, I, I get that finish on the back of the tongue a lot, but you, you definitely get in the, the first run of it without the aging, you don't, excuse me. You don't get as much of the vanilla. You get it on the nose, but you don't get it so much on the the, the taste. You, you do definitely get the warming spices. You do feel a warming sensation as it's, as it's going down your gullet. Um, again, like the vanilla, I think the toffee will be a little bit more apparent given another couple of years on the uh, aging process. But um, it, it, it's so rich. It's it, you definitely get that malt. 
Um, it's got that silkiness to it that you, you really look for in a barley wine that really just, it, it, it almost like, even though it's a liquid, it gives you the melt in your mouth type of feeling that, that, um, that mouth coating feeling. Taking another sip. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just real good. You, you, you get the sweetness, but not so much as the vanilla and the toffee that, that I think will come with some time, but it, it it's just so good. Uh, words like they, they really do escape me when I really try to just give a full meaning, full review on it. Six out of 10. It, it's so good. This is my favorite bourbon County that they make the barley wine. I, I, if I can, if this is the, the other bourbon counties, I'm happy with what I got as my sash for the, this old Fitzgerald. If I, any bottle I come across will be purchased. High praise. Yeah, I, I don't care what the price on the shelf is. It, I don't care if it, it, whatever the limit is, I will reach the limit. I, I will buy up every bottle of this old Fitzgerald I can find. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, me too. That's it. That's all I got. Hey. All right. There you go. Kendall, are we, are we doing any of the your stuff um no all right kendall you care to tell us tell the the listeners where they can find us and listen to us and such <laughs> uh we well, can find us on uh facebook at getting sports with a drunk twitter and instagram gswd underscore four i'll oh, make sure to use the hashtag gswd for all your daily uses whether it's debating the duos of macaroni and cheese or just wishing you could stir your beer with your penis. <laughs> uh, like, and I, know what you're, I know what you guys are thinking. There's no way, there's nothing that's stopping me from doing that. Bottle being too small? Nope, because I pour it in a glass. I would never drink a Bourbon County out of the bottle. Well, it's not true. I have but I would never do it if there was a glass available. Yeah, there you uh, go. <laughs> the, the reason is simple. Um, I'm too fat to reach my penis with my mouth, <laughs> and therefore there would be wasted Bourbon County on my shaft. Ah. Well, I wouldn't say you're too fat for that. I think that most people would struggle with that. No, I, I do agree. Do you guys remember the rumor that went around when we were in school that Marilyn Manson had his own rib removed so he could suck his own penis? Yes. yes, I actually, it's very funny. I was just talking to somebody about that the other day. That's just a rumor that our generation started, and that's hilarious that it just made its way through the nation. <laughs> it was that, the one, and it was that one, and that Sierra had a penis. Yes. Don't Sierra know who? Sierra, Russell Wilson's wife. That's currently making its way through the high schools is that Michelle Obama is actually a man. Yeah. I can, I, you know, the thing is, is all of them seem plausible. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, make sure all this stuff, uh, you know, I, I want to start, we're, I think we're going to kind of, I'm not going to, I'm not going to commend the, uh, the draft to an every week thing, but I, I think that, um, I think I've been I think I've been coming up with some decent draft topics lately. 
Actually, I believe you were off the show the, the last time I came up with one. It was uh, the things that are orange draft. No, I was here for that. Oh, you were? Okay. I, I actually still have that somewhere. I laughed so hard at that when Kyle was like, oh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna take the uh, the overall winner in the basketball. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm going to take the actual most iconic orange thing, the orange. Oh, so funny. <laughs> I got to tell you, after I took the... I lost modified. You fell to me like two rounds later. <laughs> so. Let's see. Is this things that are orange? That's starting five basketball. Uh, that's cookout food. Restaurant. Do you, do you guys want... Um, I don't know. It's somewhere in here. Well, just out of curiosity, do you, do you guys? Because they're not going to listen to this, so they won't. They wouldn't know. Do you guys want to know what the draft for next week is? Sure, sure. <clears throat> Kendall, yeah. All right. What I was thinking was, I'll let you guys decide what you want. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you three options. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the three options are, uh, sorry, I have them, where are they? Oh, okay, uh, appetizer draft, which I think is an interesting way to do yeah. it. Um, see, there's so many drafts I have that I have, like, on file for when it's, like, two or three people on the show. Like, like another three-person night is going to be um, ways to say you farted draft. <laughs> That's funny. That's actually pretty funny. I think it's a fun one, but I don't think I don't think we could do five rounds with five people. No. I mean, I think I think you start skin. Um, the draft of Michaels. Okay. Is one. Okay. And then the uh, other one is a uh, bald guys draft. So I'm gonna let. Here's what I'm gonna do. So it's it's bald guys, the draft of Michaels, and appetizers. Massey and and Kendall. I'm gonna let you guys talk amongst yourselves over the course of the week and you're going to come back with an answer next week on the show and then that's the draft we'll do sounds like a plan well do you have one that you're leaning towards um, I I, i'm in for oh kendall if you ask me i'm i'm sort of leaning uh bald guy but i think we should well, talk about this that week. one that, that sounds good. like fun all right we'll do the ball all right, so hey, look, luxury of being on the show is you guys can start re- start recruiting your list of baldmen early. I'm already five people deep. Yeah, no problem I'm, in this category. What I'm I'm going to I'm going to submit right now a rule for the draft that I can we can talk about next week when we do it. But uh, I think that we need to limit actors to either the actor themselves or the role. Okay. Meaning if Vin, like if we want, it's one or the other. So you can either pick Vin Diesel or you can pick all the Vin Diesel characters, but Vin Diesel's off the table. I so like we, we could pick Toretto from fast and the furious and then the guy from triple X and whatever, but like no one can actually. Just Cage. Take right. But nobody. I can hate just that take I know that. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so I think I think because assuming we'll have a five a full draft a five by five, um, 
we'll have to just eliminate the actors, but the, the characters are available. Okay. And uh, I foresee there being some challenge flags being thrown because I can already think of some actors that have minute amounts of hair but are not bald. <laughs> so I'm excited. So, all right, gentlemen, I look forward to the, the, the Baldwin draft, but until then, I'm your hostess, Cupcake the Riddler. Nope. Still nope. But I'm the Master Chris Massey. And the Red of Red Baron. Yeah.